Welcome to the Get Families Talking podcast with Hafsha, your host. Join us as we introduce various guests with exciting discussions to stimulate different generations of families into conversation. When we start, families listen. When the listening stops, that's when families get talking. Hello and Salaam Alaikum listeners. How are you this week? Have you had a good, good week? Inshallah you have. It's Hofsha here on Get Families Talking. And goodness me, have we got something to talk about this week. I tell you what, I had came across some startling facts actually. And when you sort of think to yourself, it's actually Talk Money Week. Talk Money Week. What is that all about? Now, Talk Money Week is actually a week when we are trying to encourage families, individuals, adults, children, everyone out there to have a conversation about money and your finances. Talking about our worries and money is so, so important for our health, our wealth and our relationships. COVID-19 has made it vitally important that we actually start to have these conversations now. There isn't a tomorrow, always. So please remember, it's time we started having these conversations. In fact, some of the research shows that people who talk about money, they make better financial decisions. They have stronger personal relationships They feel less stressed. We all know that, don't we? When we are worried about money, we are going to feel stressed. We're going to feel anxious. So talking about it helps us. And for me, families who talk about money help their children form good lifetime money habits. So if you've not had your conversation this week, if you have missed somehow that it has been Talk Money Week, It is never too late. You don't need a specific week to start talking about money. But if you do, then this is the week to start doing it. Start a conversation. Maybe start thinking about your pensions. Start thinking about next month's salary. Where are your savings going? Are you saving enough for a rainy day, for a doomsday cupboard? And certainly, if COVID has taught us nothing else, it's taught us we need to have some good savings behind us. So who am I going to be talking to today on our show? Well, it has to be, we are talking Talk Money Week, so of course it has to be colleagues from the Trussell Trust. Nathan, welcome to our show. Good afternoon. It's lovely to be with you today. Thank you. And we also have Sabine on the show. And Sabine is part of the Food Aid Network. Sabine, yeah. hello. How are you today? Hi there. Good to see you. I'm Sabine. I'm the, uh, from the Independent Food Aid Network. Super. Thank you so much both for joining us. Of course, we're going to hear more about the Trussell Trust. And of course, we're going to hear more about the Independent Food Aid Network. But of course, we have a tradition on our show and it doesn't matter what we're talking about, whether it's money, the lack of it, too much of it, not enough of it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter who our guest is, because we always start off 
on Get Families Talking with a short story for the children. So Sabine and Nathan, please sit back and enjoy our short story. And of course, listeners, it is Talk Money Week, so it has to be a money-related story. And of course, what does Amsty get up to during Talk Money Week? Well, this week, Amsty meets Mr. Loan Shark. Little ones, grab an adult and make them sit down with you for two minutes. Tell mom to pause, tell dad to pause. Let's just sit down and listen to our short story, Amsty Meets Mr. Loan Shark. It was a quiet Wednesday afternoon. Amsty was using the time to catch up on some precious sleep. The younger computers like the swish Mr. Mac and the sleek Miss Leno didn't realise that Amsty needed his afternoon naps to help him keep on top of his game and back up all the information in his hard drive. They were younger and, of course, their memories and storage had no problems. Lots of gigabytes there or something like that. Amsty's bones ached. And quite often his keys would stick and make quite a clack when they were pressed. Nevertheless, he was going strong and he certainly had no intention of being retired away anytime soon. Amsty was away with the fairies in a land dreaming of new technologies when suddenly he was startled awake by a young student whacking books onto his keyboard. The young student, Hassan, was in a mood, a bad mood, and he was going to make sure everyone knew about it, including poor old Amsty. Hassan wanted to buy a game for his PS4. All his friends had one, and he wanted one now. He had a Saturday job in the local shop, but Hassan spent the money he earned as soon as it was in his bank account. He had never been much of a saver. And anyway, there was no point in hanging on to money, was there? That is, until the game was re released and he realised it would take him weeks and weeks to save up for it. The other thing that annoyed Hassan was his maths homework. It had to be in tomorrow and he needed to finish it off today. He unpacked his bag and dropped down into the chair. He found the online page for his homework on the school's portal. He made a start on the work, answering question after question. Suddenly there was a pop-up on the screen. It was an advert. Borrow 500 pounds now. We ask no questions, easy repayment terms. We will arrange to pick up the cash from your home or school. Text your mobile number and address now for immediate cash. Hassan was excited. He could get the game. No questions asked. This was easy money for him. He started to type in his details. Amsty realised what this was. It was a loan shark preying on vulnerable people. Oh no, he had to work quickly. He could see the shark's teeth, sharp and gleaming white, approaching. Mrs. Auntie, where are you? Quick, we need you now. His call for help summoned Mrs. Auntie to the screen. She put up her antivirus wall and stood waiting, arms folded. It's all right, Amsty, I've got this. 
I know Mr. Lone Shark's game. The Lone Shark realised he was no match for Mrs. Anti and her super antivirus protection. He drew back his teeth, took down his adverse and scuttled away with his cash to hide in the depths of the dark seas again. Phew! Well done, me, said Amsty, as he thanks Mrs. Anty for coming to the rescue. We've saved another one from the jaws of the loan shark, Mrs. Anty. Good work. It was obviously too good an offer to be true, thought Hassan. He continued with his homework and he thought about how he could start saving some money. And the moral of that story, listeners, is loan sharks come in all forms. So please be aware. Listeners, I do hope you've enjoyed that short story. And of course, there are so many different discussion points in there to have with your families. What do we mean by a loan shark? What is a loan shark? And what do we mean by Mrs. Anti? What is the antivirus protection? Children, you could ask your families this, couldn't you? The adults in your homes. Do we have an antivirus protection? on our laptop, on our computers. What is it? Has it run out? Do we need to get another one? And of course, we're talking in this story about savings. And it's so linked up with Talk Money Week. How are your savings going? How how much are you paying for borrowing that money, that loan? Is it time to look at things now? What are the benefits of savings as well? As we found in the story today, Hassan, if he had got into that habit of saving, he wouldn't be thinking about borrowing money online, would he, from a Mr. Loan Shark? So, yes, let's have that conversation. And of course, there are other things in this story as well about the words like hard drive, memories and storage. What do we mean by all of that? What a lovely story that was. I do hope you've enjoyed that. And listeners, as I always say, please do let me have some feedback. Hafsha at Get Families Talking. Let me have some feedback on that short story. Tell me what you thought of it. Did you enjoy that, Nathan, Sabine? Yeah, it's a very, very good story. Pretty good. And, um, we'll talk about some stop lo- stopping loan sharks, actually, as we as we go on with this conversation. I've got something to tell, tell you all about that. That sounds really, really interesting. In fact, if I could be so pertinent and ask you for that first, actually, because I have to admit that is something that, you know, a lot of families do worry about, isn't it, Sabine? So, yeah, before we talk about anything else, let's just please tell us about that. Well, I was just going to say that on the leaflet that we're going to be talking about, the Worrying About Money leaflet for Birmingham that's being published this week on our website, there is a listing there for what's called Stop Loan Shark, which is an organisation that can help and answer questions and help deal with the illegal money lenders. So yeah. Yeah, we'll come to the whole leaflet, but that's just one organisation that happens to be listed on the leaflet. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, of course, I do want to know a little bit more because I do know what the Trussell Trust do and who they are. I know a little bit about the Independent Food Aid Network, but it may be that my listeners don't. So please, before we go any further, can I ask you both to just introduce yourselves and tell our listeners a little bit about your organisations? What do they do? Yeah, sure. So uh, if if I go first, if that's okay. So my name is Nathan. I'm uh, the network lead for Central and Southwest England. 
at the Trussell Trust. And you may or may not be aware, you know, in, in the UK, there are more than 14 million people living in poverty, and that includes four and a half million children. So as the Trussell Trust, we support a nationwide network of over 1,200 food banks. Um, and together we provide emergency food and support to people who are locked in poverty. And really, we're about campaigning for change to end the need for food banks in the UK. So between uh, 1st of April 2020 and 31st of March 2021, food banks in the Trussell Trust Network distributed two and a half million emergency food parcels to people in crisis. And that was a 33% increase on the previous year. Uh, and, you know, heartbreakingly, 980,000 of those parcels went to children. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just so heartbreaking to hear that. And I mean, I I remember a time, you know, growing up, we didn't know what food banks were at all. You know, they weren't there, were they? People just managed somehow. So, yeah. And, and to hear that actually those figures are so stark, 14 million people in poverty. And out of that, four and a half million are children, children going hungry. Not nice. But you're right, it wasn't always like that. So 12 or 14 years ago, people did have, you know, there was a lot more money being given out in terms of social security payments. Wages were matching the cost of living. And what we've seen is poverty rising and the need for food banks going up because people don't have the income to manage and they don't can't access a sufficient income to manage. I'm I'm Sabine, I'm the coordinator of the Independent Food Aid Network, and we're a network of independent food aid providers. So not just food banks, or mostly our members are independent food banks. And we, you know, we what we we represent food aid providers outside of the Trussell Trust, but they are the tip of the iceberg of what food aid provision outside of the Trussell Trust. So when you're hearing these stark, stark figures from the Trussell Trust, we need to remember they're a fraction of the what's called the food insecurity pitch across the whole of the UK. And we know that probably around 8% of households um, were living with food insecurity before the pandemic in the UK. That means they were worrying about money or not being being sure that they could afford to buy food and put food on the table every week. Is that what we mean? Sorry, Sabine, I'm going to just take you back a bit there. You use the word food insecurity. What do we mean by that? You know, good question. So food insecurity means not having enough money to be able to afford food. There's an element of it that relates to accessing food. But when we're talking in you know the terms that the DWP use when they're analysing data on food insecurity, we're talking about being able to afford to buy, buy enough food for your family and yourself and to manage. So when people are living in poverty, the first thing that they compromise on is food. Generally, we know that because it's the first thing that you can, you know, people will, will be able to, you know, try to miss meals and so on. It, but they'd rather be paying the, the electric or they'd rather, you know, they need to be paying the rent. So those that, that's why so many people are in, impacted by food insecurity first when they're living in poverty, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, those are quite shocking figures, aren't they, as well? Nathan, do you find this all the time as well with the work that you do at Trussell Trust? Is it because people, I mean, why can't people afford food? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as Sabine said, I mean, one of the, the wonderful things about a call like this, you know, with the Independent Food Aid Network and Trussell Trust. This is about working together with the, the shared vision, really, to, to see an end to this, this mm-hmm. issue and work, work towards this issue. I think what our research has shown is that we know that 94% of people referred to our food banks were destitute, meaning, just like Sabine says, they couldn't afford essential items. And we all know that kind of hunger in the UK isn't about food, it's about a lack of income. 
So the main drivers of, drivers of feedback use in our network are, are problems with the benefit system, whether that be delays or inadequacy or reductions. It's about, you know, another driver is challenging life experiences or, or ill health. And then the third driver really is the sort of lack of formal or informal support. And so that's where the worrying about money leaflet is so exciting because it's it's designed to make it easier for people to identify agencies who can offer the support they need, whether it be a benefits entitlement check or, or or those support for those affected by mental health issues or immigration support for whatever it might be. And that's why we're really, you know, excited about the leaflet that's that's launching. Mm. I do want to talk about the leaflet, actually, because, of course, we're part of this huge um, launch for it as well. And I think there is a lot of excitement um, for a lot of people, actually, in having this leaflet here now. I do want to talk a bit more about that. But before we go on to the leaflet, can we just talk a little bit more about what do we mean about this cash first approach to food insecurity? What What is this? I mean, that's a term that we're coming across now more and more. What do you mean by that, please? Well, I'm glad that you're coming across that that, that terminology more and more because it's fundamental to us ending the need for charitable food aid. So what we mean by cash first approach to food insecurity or food poverty is that we put income based solutions at the heart of the response to food insecurity, that we don't keep using food parcels as a sticking plaster and we get to the root of the problem. The root of the problem is the fact that you know, at its core, that social security payments don't match the cost of living and that people are in jobs that don't pay enough for them to be able to afford the cost of living. But what we can do at a local level is try to ensure that people can access every single existing financial entitlement that they they could possibly access and that they find ways to maximise their income so that even though things are against them in terms of social security payments and, and wage levels, there is hopefully something that can be done to help them and reduce the need and footfall to food banks. Nobody wants to be having to go to a food bank. And we know yeah. that most people living with food insecurity don't actually go to access a food aid provider because of the shame and stigma involved. Yeah, and there is still that huge stigma attached to it all, isn't there? Is this something that you find all the time still, Nathan, that people, you know, even though they are in need of this, they just don't want to access it? I mean, dignity is absolutely critical, isn't it? People's dignity is central to this, and that's why, just as Sabine's just just shared, you know, cash first is is the future. It's, it's, it's what we're all about. Everyone should have enough money to afford the essentials. And actually we'll do anything we can and I know Sabine and, and members of the IFAN network will be similar you want to make anyone who's visiting a food bank to have the most dignified experience they can you know and it's about care it's about sitting alongside someone and, and supporting them and, and helping them to access ongoing onward support but ultimately nothing can replace the dignity of having enough money to afford the essentials and that's why cash first is so critical and if somebody does need to access the food bank how do they access a food bank? Is it something, you know, a family who are short of food, can they simply approach yourselves directly on this? Or does it have to go through a partner organisation? How does this work? So within the Trust of Trust network, obviously it's slightly different for different networks. Within the Trust of Trust network, it's all through a, a referral partner, so through a professional like a doctor or a local social worker or a support agency, they would refer someone to the food bank. And the reason for that really is to ensure that people are getting support from the outset. You know, for 
for us and I know Sabine would be the same you know food banks should be the last resort not the first resort it should be we want to help people to access all the support they can to access the sort of local welfare support they can before they're coming to a food bank and so partnership is absolutely central to our work so it's about engaging with local referral partners and equally then it's about signposting people onto other support and again that's where the leaflet is is so key and, and Sabine's been been pioneering some great yeah and as you say this leaflet is key because otherwise it's as Sabine said it is simply putting a sticky plaster on and then next week the family come back again for a further sticky plaster whereas with this leaflet what you're doing is actually saying well actually let's see why we have this in the first place let's see if there are some benefits here that you're entitled to that you're not able to get and that's the purpose of the leaflet, is it? Right. That's exactly right. And what we're also trying to do is reach people before they hit crisis point, before even when they might even not even even started to worry about money. So they know that there's support available and they don't get to the point where they're so desperate that they're, you know, they've actually got no food left in the cupboard and they've got to go to a food bank. We need, you know, there's there's so many people out there that you know, have, you know, they're worried about it, but they're not, it's, it's not got to the desperate point yet. But then if you leave it too late, you know, and and you don't know where to find help when you're sort of stuck with these terrible worries and concerns and you, you know, you have the loan shark coming or you've got the rent to pay, you know, we need to be able to, to, to find ways to reach everyone really with this information and to know that support is available in Birmingham. Mm. And what about over the last 18 months or so, you know, with COVID and everything else going on, furlough, everything really? I mean, you you couldn't have even written this, could you, years ago? But how has the emergency food aid landscape really changed in Birmingham? I mean, I'm interested in Birmingham because I am a Brummie, but how has it changed nationally? How has it changed in Birmingham over the last 18 months? Do you think things are as bad as you know the media would tell us they are things have got a great deal worse and that and that's 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 right but it, it was it was pretty bad before the the pandemic started i mean that's not when we're talking about food insecurity before the pandemic um eight percent as i said of uk households were food insecure but 43 percent of households on universal credit were food insecure and you know, wow. then the uplift when twenty pound was added, so that would have impacted. We don't actually have the data yet on seeing what impact that would have had in terms of households and universal credit, but we do know they've just taken that twenty pounds away from families, and twice as many families are on universal credit than they were before the pandemic. So, at huge numbers of people who are impacted by losing that that twenty pound, that lifeline to yeah. their to their budgets. And so we've seen this huge increase in the numbers of emergency food parcels going up. But now actually the situation is actually getting worse this autumn because of that cut I've mentioned, but also because energy prices and food prices are going up. There's an awful lot of pressures on the households to to be able to pay the bills. And food, as always, is the first thing that's compromised. But Nathan will know much more about about Birmingham particularly, although we have members in Birmingham, but I think he's there. Yeah, so, so Nathan, I, mean, yeah, I mean, is this something you're finding all the time? Is it the case in Birmingham as well? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd echo what's been said. You know, pre pandemic, we were seeing rising need across the city. The past 18 months have only exacerbated, sadly, levels of poverty and hunger in Birmingham. You know, food banks in just the Trussell Trust Network. So, just like Sabine, there's many others, just the Trussell Trust Network in Birmingham with 16 distribution centres. 
provided 52,000 food parcels between April 2020 and March 2021. This was a, a kind of record number. This was 33% more than the year before. 49% of those were given, to, uh, 49% rise, sorry, in parcels given to children. So again, heartbreaking statistics. But I think what we've seen in Birmingham as well it is a wonderful picture of kind of partnership and collaboration. You know, there's been a huge community response which saw the emergence of the Food Justice Network, which was formerly known as, as Brum Together. So that's been a collection of over 200 kind of community groups and organisations whose heart really is to, to support vulnerable people during the pandemic and beyond. And so when I look at Birmingham, I, I do see a great picture of partnership and collaboration. And also the other thing that emerged was the sort of central food hub, which was run by Tours. Um, the Active Wellbeing Society, which distributed over a thousand tons of food to members of the Food Justice Network. So there's there is a lot of need. There there is a you know a picture of real struggle, if you like, but there's also a picture of groups working together to try and <laughs> support people, but also campaign for change and the cash first model that came about. Is a lot of your work supported by volunteers as well? Because I'm looking at these figures that you're talking about and I'm just thinking that must take an army of people really to sort of support that and get those food parcels put together, get them out to people. There's some massive operations going on all over the country. But as Nathan says, you know, this partnership working is positive and there's so much that can grow from that. And, you know, fundamentally, you know, realising that, in order to change things, we need to work together. This cash first leaflet actually epitomizes that. Mm. And we've been working together with all sorts of organizations to put this information together. Nathan's College of Richard has been reaching out to various organizations listed on the leaflet. Everyone's really keen to be part of this of this project, to be part of this resource, and you know, really behind a cash first approach to food insecurity and trying to find, you know, put our um you know, work together and collaborate to find a place that people don't actually need to, in the end, have to resort to charitable food providers to manage. Yeah, I'm really interested in knowing this leaflet, the cash first approach. Where do we find this, please? Because I I just want to get my hands onto it and read it, Dad. Well, that's probably, well, we'll there'll be physical copies available. There's a way of ordering them um, if your organisation is able to distribute them through our website. And you can find the leaflet by Wednesday the from the 10th of November. Thanks, Nathan. Super. And will it also be available on the Trussell Trust website as well, Nathan? So it will be available through through the food banks in, in Birmingham. So Great. I think why, why the leaflet is exciting for us and, and why we're, we're right behind it is we believe in it but also the leaflets are such a simple to use resource for food banks and their referral partners to help people find the support they need so uh, you know food banks in Birmingham will be receiving the leaflet but it's also about how do we help get that leaflet out to the partners and other agencies to help yeah. to help get to people as Sabine says before they need to rely on emergency food. Yeah. And Birmingham Sister Council has been working with us and they'll be endeavouring it to, to get it to all sorts of places in different parts of the community so that we can reach people before they're in, at the point when they need a food bank. So we, 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 you know, any ideas that people have about where this leaflet should be, we'd love to hear from you. And there's a, our contact details on that same webpage, ifanuk.org slash cashfirst. Great stuff. So listeners, that's a bit of a plea there, I think, in case you missed it from Sabine. If you feel that that leaflet needs to go into a specific place, you need to get in touch with us, please, over at Unity FM, and we can put you in touch with Sabine, and you can get hold of loads of these leaflets and hand them out to the vulnerable families who need them. 
listeners, if you've just tuned in and you're thinking, what are we talking about today? It's Hofsha here on Get Families Talking. And we are talking Talk Money Week. We are talking to colleagues from the Trussell Trust and also the IFAN Foundation. And really, both organisations involved in a really key piece of work to help vulnerable families in Birmingham and also nationally, actually, not just in Birmingham, but really nationally, just to sort of try and access some information, advice with a really key and valuable piece of resource there. And yes, have you started having those conversations in your families about money? Who was it? I think it was D.H. Lawrence who said, money starves you when you've got it and poisons you when you have. And perhaps that is still the truth, isn't it? And who knew? I mean, in the early part of our show, we heard the shocking figures from Nathan, who is from the Trussell Trust, who shared with us that 14 million people in the UK live in poverty And out of that 14 million, we have 4.5 million children who are in poverty. We heard about food insecurity. And what does that mean? How it impacts on families, all sorts of things. This is not a nice place to be in. And to be honest with you, I think one of the great things is the reaction to it. Because one of the points that the Food Aid Network has put together is this amazing leaflet, a leaflet, a resource full of information where people can get information about services, about the organisations who can help them. And as Sabine said, sometimes it's that small change. It's that small bit of money that perhaps a family didn't realise that they were entitled to. And this is what these organisations can do. This is what the leaflet can do. This is where food poverty comes from, because people don't have the means to be able to survive. And as we heard so passionately before as well, when you're tight of money, food is always the first thing to go. That's the one where parents, where families will think, I'll try and just save a bit of money by not eating for this meal. And it's not good. I want to carry on our conversation with Sabine and Nathan a little bit more, but just in case some of our listeners have just joined us now, Nathan, can you tell us about some of the struggles that people faced during COVID? Why were people having to rely on food banks to get through? Absolutely. I mean, obviously what we saw with COVID was was a global disaster a, a huge global challenge and and yet that was worked out locally it was worked out in communities and in neighborhoods uh, just like you know that we can all relate to and actually people were massively reliant on on emergency food provision across Birmingham during that time because really there was a lack of income people didn't have enough money to afford those essentials in life and we've seen it time and time again and like Sabine's seen the same sometimes it was people losing a job sometimes it's people having a, a different kind of crisis in other cases it was people who's simply that the welfare state didn't pay enough for people to to afford those essentials and so they had those really difficult choices to make and sadly this is you know this isn't just big statistics this is individual people's lives isn't it and so that's why we need to see a change um, and ultimately that's why we we all want to see an end for the need for this emergency food provision in the mm. uk 
Yeah. And do you find actually that since COVID, now, well, I, I would say since, but really now that people have started getting back into work and things like that, do you think that people are able to cope better themselves or are you still finding that people are still relying on that weekly food parcel? Well, should I should I continue? Well, you know, to be honest, yeah. things the, the crisis has ended in some ways in terms of COVID. But if you're on a low income, um, you know, this emergency is continuing, and because the universal credit payments have just been cut back so significantly, and because food prices and energy prices are going up, a lot of people are really struggling with poverty now, and will. And it's going to be a very difficult winter ahead for a lot of families and we're really worried about the increases that we're already seeing in our food banks and you know reported by other food aid providers. Please tell us then how I mean you've told us that you're already worried about it and my blunt question is what are you going to do about it what's what's your approach to it please? Well our, our approach at, at IFL and I think Nathan will say the same is to really you know be there in the here and now because we must be and people need the support of food banks but we have to keep focused on the on the ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal is to make sure that we live in a society where everyone is able to afford food. And that means campaigning and calling for consistently for changes to the social security system, to the, to, to the level of wages, the way that employers employ people so that there's actually job security and and jobs mean something and you can afford to live if you have a job and can afford to live if you have to rely on social security payments. That's the answer. And that's what we'll be continuing to campaign for. But this leaflet, coming back to the leaflet, is about what we can do at a local level to ensure that everybody can access as much support as, as is available. Because there's, there's not enough available, but there is there is available support and there is advice that people can get. And we need to make sure people know that they can get advice and cash first advice before they're at a point when they're desperate and needing an emergency food parcel, which is always going to be a sticking plaster. Nathan, can I bring you into our discussion there? So please, some of our listeners might be thinking, what is this leaflet? Who's it been produced by? Is it part of Trussell Trust? What is this leaflet, please? So the leaflet is a is a picture of partnership. It's about collaboration between like-minded organisations who recognise that together we are stronger. Actually, you know, individually it's fine, but together we're stronger. Mm. You know, we we want we want to support people. We want to provide emergency food whilst people need that. As Sabine has, has shared there, like nothing can replace the dignity of having enough money to buy the essentials to buy the food that you you want. And so actually the leaflet is a, a partnership piece of work between that's been spearheaded by, by Sabine and iFund, but with lots of local partnerships, lots of local organisations who are keen to get involved. And it's been a wonderful picture, actually, of kind of unity across the city. It's mm. been a wonderful picture of people be, being part of something bigger than themselves, which, again, we've seen during the pandemic with the Food Justice Networks. But it's a leaflet that we want to get out there far and wide, just like we shared before. We want it to be in the right places so people can access it long before they might need that emergency food. So they're aware of the different avenues of support. Because across Birmingham, there are there are an amazing range of organisations who want to support whatever the crisis may be. Sometimes I think the challenge, and I think this has been a challenge over the pandemic, it's not always knowing, well, who can you go to? Which which organisation is available? How, how do you get 
engaged there sort of thing so the leaflets are you know a key step on that journey and you know i'm personally excited to see the impact of the leaflet is how it can make a difference how it can support people and um, throughout the you know the coming year and beyond. yeah most definitely and sabine please tell us where do we find this leaflet what's it called what do we need to look under yeah and i'll just add to what nathan's been saying is that you know what the leaflet does is it gives a step-by-step process so it helps you identify the kind of money problem that you might be facing or someone that you're supporting is facing comes up with options, shows you options that you that will help or should help you, and then lists the organisations that will be able to directly support you with those options that will you know, really help you, and as well as other organisations that could help you if you're in you know struggling with money or whether you're struggling with mental health issues that can be linked to um, money worries and being concerned about you know how you're going to pay the next the next bill. Um, but to, to find this leaflet, you know, um, it's definitely available now on the IFAM website at ifanuk.org slash cash first. And you'll find links to it all over the place soon, I think. You know, Birmingham City Council is right behind this leaflet. And we're going to be printing hard copies and getting those hard copies into as many venues as possible. Not, you know, to to definitely to food banks for sure, but we want to reach people before they need uh, emergency food aid as you know so we're going to be trying to get these leaflets to to schools to gp surgeries to community centers to libraries and any ideas that you have about where this leaflet should be is also going to be in a poster form it can be available in a poster form rather um please let us know admin at foodaidnetwork.org.uk is our email address and we can potentially translate this leaflet if if people think that would be useful please let us know and we have a digital version coming too. So it will be accessible on its step-by-step process form, you know, on phones, et cetera, and iPads, um, tablets. Great stuff. So a couple of things there that I want to just clarify. This is a leaflet that is specifically for Birmingham because it must have been such a task to have pulled all that information together. So would I be right in saying, because, of course, some of our listeners are outside of Birmingham, will there be a leaflet that is specific for their area? Yeah, there could well be. So at the moment, we've um, put, you know, worked on the leaflet for Birmingham, but we've also published leaflets for 42 local authority areas across Scotland, England and Wales. And we're also working now in another 50 local authorities across the whole of the UK. So there could well be a worrying about money leaflet for your area. There is one for Dudley that's nearby that's already published. So it's on that same um, web page, ifanuk.org slash cashfirst. And in every area, we're working with stakeholders, with local organisations to collaborate to put these these resources together. So it's 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 a partnership project in every area. Mm. And that's exactly what Nathan was saying as well, wasn't he? That it is a true collaboration. You're behind this leaflet, as is everybody else, because you really want to stop families from getting to that stage where they're needing that food parcel. Let's try and stop it before we get there. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, One thing you haven't told me, please, is what's the leaflet called? It's called Worrying About Money. So Worrying About Money and it's Birmingham's Worrying About Money leaflet. Mm. Birmingham are worrying about money. And one of the things that I'm passionate about, please, is is it written in easy English language? Yes, it is. We believe it is. And we've been working with all sorts of people all all over the country in different areas. And I've had lots of feedback that's positive on that front. So we're we're confident that it's easily accessible 
and easy to understand. And the way it's set up with a step-by-step process means that you can really identify the support that you need for the particular problem that you're facing, whether it's yeah. debt or, you know, having to cope with the fact that you suddenly become ill or whatever it is, there's a whole list of problems listed that links up to the solutions. Yeah. And of course, you know, it could be that families actually might be able to help each other out with the leaflet as well and explain it. You might find actually that there's a family member who you think would benefit from this. So please, if you manage to get a hold of a copy yourself, then please do pass it on. Alternatively, as Sabina said to us, there is the leaflet is also available on the website. So you can also take a look at it there. And as Sabina said, it might be that English is not your first language and you're thinking, actually, I could do with this in another language. So please do get in touch and we'll try and see if we can help you out with that too. Now, who are you really, really hoping this leaflet will be picked up by? Is it those vulnerable families? Is it all families? Or is it mainly a case of actually we want the stakeholders to be made aware of this and then they can, I don't know, help the families with it? That's a really good question. I mean, we're trying to reach um, stakeholders. We're trying to reach the agents that might normally refer to food banks. We're trying to reach anyone who's supporting people who is in, you know, worrying about money or is a, or could be worrying about money. But we're trying to reach everybody, really. So, you know, it can happen to anyone. Anyone can be facing a financial crisis or money worry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people coming to our food banks now who were donating to food banks last year. So, you know, it's everybody's problem. So in answer to your question, we're trying to reach as many people as possible with this resource. Great stuff. And Nathan, are you really, you know, underneath it all, I suppose really we're really, really hoping that once the leaflet is live, it goes out, it's picked up by people as well, then hopefully there's one family there who may not be so reliant on a food bank this week. And if that continues, then hopefully your numbers as well, the number of people you're supporting will hopefully reduce. Well, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's not just about our numbers as, as we've shared, you know, we're a part of the puzzle, but there's yeah. so many others doing doing great work as well. And ultimately what we want is for, for the leaflet to make a difference to, to an individual's, to an individual family's situation. That That is a, you know, it would feel amazing actually when that starts to happen. And, you know, I have the privilege, I support different parts of, of the kind of southwest and so on. And so there's other areas where the leaflet has been launched already. I was chatting to Jen yesterday in Dudley, Sabine, you'll know Jen, you know, about the leaflet there and so on. So there's already kind of good little good stories coming through of people mm. where this is making a difference. And actually, absolutely, yes, that person not needing to then access emergency food. But it's also about, well, how else can that support their life? How else can that make a difference in their life? Uh, and in their local community so yeah really excited to see the impact and I think um, it's been a tremendous picture of collaboration to get to this point already so yeah real privilege to be involved. Mm, brilliant and it's not just about the food is it because it sounds like I mean I have to be blunt with you here because I've not actually had a look at the leaflet yet I do plan to um, to learn a bit more about it but yes I mean if it's got information on there for families to actually just be signposted they could well be, you know, reducing their bills. They could be reducing their expenditure on things, supermarket shops, you know, all these comparison websites and things like that. Maybe being able to reduce the cost of their energy too, the cost of their travel, all these grants that are available as well. Families may not know about it, but at least by looking at that leaflet and going through it, 
something might spark there, something they might see might make them think, actually, perhaps I should go for that. Perhaps that's a bit of benefit there that I should be getting and I'm not getting it yet. But maybe having that will make all the difference to my life. Exactly so. You couldn't have put it better. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And of course, before we finish, I am just going to ask you again, please, because I'm very, very interested in knowing a lot more about the Trussell Trust work. So please share with us the website. Um, and also, if there are organisations out there who were thinking, actually, we've got families here who we are supporting and they could do with a bit of support here with food banks, then how do we refer perhaps a little bit around that would be really useful for some of our listeners, please. Absolutely. So, I mean, in terms of Trussell Trust, the, the website is, is trusseltrust.org um, and there's there's lots of information on there. I mean, ultimately, the, the beauty of the Trust of Trust and IFAN is, is we're networks. We're networks of uh, local food aid providers, of food banks in the Trust of Trust instance, you know, and so we've got people serving on the ground who are keen to support. So there's always going to be a, a local food provider in your community who, who is keen to help. Um, so it's about reaching out. But there's lots more information on the IFAN website on our website. So please do take a look if you'd like to more. Super. And Sabine, can I please ask you to remind us of that uh, website address, please, so we can all go on after the show and have a look at the leaflets. Yeah, absolutely. It's w, um, So I'm going to just tell you the iPhone website generally, which is www.foodaidnetwork.org.uk. But the link for the cash first referral leaflet for the worrying about money leaflet for Birmingham is ifanuk.org slash cash first. Right. Or simply put in cash first leaflet on Auntie Google and hopefully that should come up then. Or at least you might have a a little link and then you can go on to other things from there and then you'll be able to find it. That is super. And as you say, you know, please, families, get on there, because the last thing we want any of our families to do is to start looking up Mr. Lone Shark on the old Amsty. That's the one thing we want to stay away from. So please, anything that we can do to help our families to do that, then please do take a look at that leaflet. And as Sabine said, you can also get hard copies of that. We can even get that available for you in multiple different languages if that's not your preferred language. Certainly lots and lots of resource out there, a really useful resource and lots of help out there from this leaflet. So do take a look at it. Any final hopes from both of you? I think for me, it, you know, it's, it's been a, a joy to be involved today, joy to, to be on the, the show and, and to meet the listeners, so to speak. But I think our hope ultimately is that over time we will begin to see a, a UK without the need for food banks, without the need for emergency yeah. food provision. And the way that is going to happen is through partnerships, through collaboration uh, and campaigning at a national and a local level. So, you know, together we can achieve so much. Yeah, well, certainly at Unity FM and at Get Families Talking, we are part of that campaigning with you. Uh, We are right behind you on that. So definitely whatever you need from us, please do shout. Sabine, I'm going to come to you. Any final thoughts and any final hopes that you want, please, from this leaflet? Well, thank you as well for having having us and hearing about the worrying about money leaflet for Birmingham. Really echo what Nathan has said. You know, we want we want to to build a society where there is no need for charitable food day. But the only way we're going to do that is by working together and learning about what it really means to um, have not enough money to afford food and understanding that then we can build our way through this. 
because everyone should have the right and the the ability to afford food um, yeah. in whatever circumstances that they find themselves. Yeah, thank you and listeners thank you so much there as well I'm afraid it was a bit of a serious um, conversation today but sometimes we need to have these serious conversations to make life a little bit better for us all and I really really hope that you know this week's talk money week has inspired you all to have that conversation to start thinking actually how we can support our families, how we can support each other, as we say, to reduce poverty in this country and to really just help our families to make sure that they are all okay. So please, families, if you do nothing else today, have a look at that leaflet. It's live now. Uh, We can confirm it is live now. It is available on the website. And start having that conversation with your families just one small part of money. What is it that you can talk about when you get home? Let's talk about savings. Let's talk about anything to do with money. What are you going to do when you save that money? Are you getting the best rate for it? Let's start talking pensions, anything we can to change some of that dialogue that isn't happening. Let's do that. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. It's Get Families Talking with Hofsha. Let me have some feedback. But in the meantime, I will see you next week. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Get Families Talking podcast. Please make sure you do subscribe to our podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. We value your opinions, so please feel free to contact us with your feedback or any other inquiries. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Get Families Talking podcast.